0: or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com tapiphone tap iPhone.
1: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: Welcome to Squanderlust, a podcast about the emotional side of money. Why our actions aren't always as good as our intentions and what, if anything, we can do about it. I'm Martha Lawton. And I'm Alex Lemon. And we're your hosts. Today on Squanderlust, why ditching a bad book will help you to build better financial habits and why there's a lot to be gained from quitting. We are going to talk about some classical economics today. Mm -hmm. Um, I know. I feel so brainy. I'm steepling my fingers already. (laughs) But we're going to talk about the psychological implications and a a bit of psychology that comes off the back of that. Mm -hmm. So it's how we often just don't believe something that is logically true. And then we can make some somewhat dodgy decisions because Mm -hmm. we don't believe this logical truth. So... Mm Alex, mm. would you, would you steeple your fingers for us? And,
3: uh, I'm doing it, you just can't see because this is voice only. Yeah, just she, so she is. Know. She is actually doing
2: it. <laughs> and can you explain to us all, for those who don't know, what a sunk cost is?
3: Yeah, I'm being in this, given this job because I have got an economics degree that is so old I can't really remember what I wrote about this in my file. But it is money that you have spent on something that you can't get back. Basically, it's a cost you've already incurred that can't be recovered. Yes. Can I unstoop on my fingers now? You absolutely can. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, It's not your normal... I know. No. No.
3: So, yes. Money is spent, you can't get back.
2: Money is spent, you can't get back. Or time is spent, or effort is spent. Whatever it is, Mm. you cannot get back. And in fact, time is a good example because all time is a sunk cost.
3: (laughs) 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 Mm, Now we're getting quite metaphysical. We are, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, can't go back. Well, you can't go back. So unless you've got a time machine, in which case call us. So off the back of this idea of a sunk cost comes the sunk cost fallacy. And that's continuing to do something that doesn't benefit you because you've already put so much time or money mm. or effort into it mm. that that becomes your reason for continuing. Mm. So... Continuing with a course of action that doesn't benefit you, Mm. that may be continuing to cost you in some way, just because you don't want to stop when you've already come so far somehow. And there are lots of reasons why we do this. Mm. (laughs) There's just not wanting to acknowledge that you were wrong. Mm, Yeah. That you made a bad decision. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Which is common, it's common these days. It's common in people. It's common in society because, I don't know, we've learned that being wrong is terrible as opposed to something to learn from. I yep,
2: Agreed. Mm. And even if you're not trying to save face to other people, mm. there's an internal process you have to go through mm. of acknowledging that you made a mistake. And mm. depending on who you are and how you feel about making mistakes, that mm. can be a mm. bit of a challenge. Yeah. And tied into that is, you know, when you actually acknowledge you've done something unwise Mm. or something, even if it wasn't unwise, something that didn't pay off for you. Mm. Because those two, you know, it could be that the decision was perfectly reasonable when you made it. Mm. But in fact, it has not given you the outcome that you Mm. wanted. You know, when you when you decide to stop, there is a sense of regret. And we really hate regretting things. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And then there's sort of um, a sense as well of, of somehow kind of unfinished business mm-hmm. as well. Um, if, you, if you decide to stop something part way, um, it does feel like unfinished business, which, which can nag at some people. Yeah. If you're, if you're somebody who really likes things tidy and mm. complete.
3: Or you can let it nag at you. Yeah. But it's easy to let it nag at you.
2: Yeah. And if you're like me and you were brought up with the idea that, of avoiding waste... Then, mm, mm. you know, and, and being really... In fact, it, the, I think this is a fallacy that particularly affects people who are very thrifty. Mm. I think sunk cost fallacy is one of the ones that can really get people who mm. are otherwise really smart around their money decisions because mm. being thrifty means not wanting to waste things and not wanting to waste something can mean you persist because if you don't persist, then it feels like the cost you've had is wasted. But actually, if you're not going to benefit in future then that waste has happened already yeah there's
3: quite a lot quite a feeling of perfectionism running under this as well like Mm. i've made a great decision and i don't want anyone to think i haven't i don't want myself to think i haven't incurring a sense of regret like regrets are i didn't do that thing perfectly it didn't go really well for me it's you know i should have done something else that's very there is a bit of sort of perfectionist yes behavior underlying this as well
2: yeah for sure for sure. Um, I was really lucky actually when I was a kid I had a really great role model around this mm-hmm. and I feel like as a result in some cases I suffer from this one less and I'm really happy about it because I am doing this series because so many of the things we talk about I fall completely prey to mm-hmm. all of the time but this one I think yeah I can actually be not too bad at this one. Mm-hmm. I had a wonderful role model in one of my great aunties. She's a amazing human being in many ways. Very much somebody who lived her own life and went her own way. She was very generous. She didn't have children of her own. She loved all her nephews and nieces. And when my sister and I were in our early teens, she bought us tickets to go to see a West End show with her. And I think she spent quite a lot of money on those tickets. And we watched the first half of the show and it wasn't great. And we got out and went to stretch our legs halfway through. And she went, I didn't find that funny. Did you enjoy it? And we sort of went, um, maybe not. We we wanted to be polite, you know, me mm. and my sister properly. Nice, brought up, well brought up girls wanted to be polite. And she went, I thought it was really boring. Let's go have dinner. We're not going to watch the rest of that. And it was such a great role model for us because... Wouldn't have got any benefit out of sitting through the second half of that show. Mm. It was rubbish. Mm.
3: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like this with. I mean, I'm like this with careers. But I'm um, <laughs> like, like my fifth now. I'm just like, yeah, I don't like it. Let's do another one. But I, I, this I
2: hope you stick with podcasting.
3: <laughs> we'll see. You know, I might be a chef next week. <laughs> but I do this with books like it was mm. something that I realised I wasn't doing, and then. Starting books and making myself finish them, even when I'm not enjoying them. What a pointless exercise. And then I made this thing of like, oh, I'm at least going to read 100 pages, give it a chance. And then I thought, well, that's so arbitrary. Why bother reading any more than five? So now, if I don't like a book within a couple of pages, I'm like, nah, it's plenty of other books to read. There there are so many other books. And there are a lot of people who force themselves to read right to the end. When they're not enjoying it, it's like there are literally millions of books in the world. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's a sunk cost.
2: It is. <laughs> just, it is. Just bin it. Yeah. So there are or recycle. Um, but yeah, there are lots and lots of examples of of when people continue doing things. You can spot them in your own life, right? People take out kind of annual memberships or contracts, and then mm. actually, this is a fun one because people often try to use the sunk cost as a way of sticking with something yeah. and it yeah. doesn't, doesn't always yeah. work but oh I'll buy an annual membership for that and then I'll go
3: yeah or even like you know just people who've taken out a contract that they're still stuck in for another four months and thinking well I'll just keep it and then I'll start a new one mm. you know maybe you don't have the money so you have to just stop for a while but if mm. you're not going to use it you know sometimes it's you need to like weigh up maybe it's just better to pay a penalty to get out of something and go and get something you actually want you know, depending on your financial situation. But, yeah, it's like they're kind of just going to make it to the bitter end. Yeah. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Tolstoy argument. Uh, Let's call it that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there's, there's things like, I mean, the clearing your plate thing is a classic as well. We want to avoid food waste, obviously. But if you're full and you keep eating anyway, mm. because food waste, mm. that's a sunk cost fallacy argument, right? You're still... Throwing the food away, you're just throwing it into yourself. Yeah,
3: <laughs> instead of a, in the bin, it's just a longer disposal technique. Yeah, let's not go too far with that. But. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I dislike it because you're treating yourself like a dustbin. Yeah, if exactly. you keep eating mm. once you're already full, mm. because food waste, you, mm. you're actually treating yourself like a dustbin. It's really not a great way to to treat yourself. So yeah, eating even though we're full is definitely a sunk cost fallacy action. And then there are lots of times, I think, when people keep using poor quality products because, well, I've bought it, I've paid for it, Mm -hmm. I'll keep using it. Mm. Or we keep clutter.
3: (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) couldn't control that. (laughs) <laughs> this is, I know, my, my flat sort of resembles a living, almost breathing, sunk cost fallacy in the cluttered apartment, that's for sure. Oh, really? I, I've i seen your flat. I don't see it. It doesn't it's feel like all in cluttered. the magic cupboard in the corner. Ah, uh, And now okay. the other magic cupboard now, I've had the boiler tank taken away. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, you're hiding it really well. And in the sideboard. Okay. And okay. under the sofa. Okay. And under my bed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You've gone you've you've convinced me. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much clutter. Yeah, my, my husband is gradually persuading me that I don't need as many objects from my past.
3: Mm. Mm. <laughs> but uh, Mine's just it's not even useful. Uh, boxes. Boxes in case I move. I've been in my flat ten years. <laughs> so <laughs>
2: Yeah, so any time that we should just walk away, throw something out, donate it to someone else who could use it or whatever, and we don't because I've had it for so long or I paid so much for it or whatever it might be, that is an example of falling prey to sunk cost.
0: My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com tapiphone tap
1: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side?
3: And it's not just us. I mean, this is Mm. a bigger, wider, much bigger societal problem as well. I mean, classic sunk cost examples are government projects. (laughs) Governments that won't say, you know what, this isn't working. We spent, you know, X billion pounds on it. Maybe we should just walk away and just carry on with things. So you'll see this a lot. You know, it's in the media. And the whole thing about sort of not, yeah, not admitting when something's not going right. It's everywhere. It's not just in us. And we are, you know, submerged in it a lot of the time. That is a hard thing to get over.
2: Yeah. And I, I think I mean, culturally, you know, any time somebody does say, let's not continue this, it's described as being
3: a U-turn. Yeah.
2: Um, as if, you know, changing your mind based on the evidence is, yeah, isn't a, sensible. A terrible character yeah. flaw instead of being, you know, the right answer. Yeah. But yes, that's a that's a different topic for perhaps a different podcast.
3: Mm. But I think I think it's interesting the sort of you know, it's Where do these
2: come from? We live in it all the time. We do. do. And, you know, that's one example of when it's a real problem is, you know, at this big scale where it's costing everybody a lot of money to continue with poor value projects. Mm. But there are times, especially with regard to personal finance, where it can cause real problems for us ordinary individuals. Some of the classic ones are gambling, right? Gamblers who are hooked on gambling will chase their losses so they'll make a loss on one thing and then they'll think but the next one's got to come off Mm. surely the next one's got to come off Mm. and chasing your losses is a classic gambling addict behavior Mm. (laughs) where the the future behavior is predicated on trying to is based on some level on what has happened in the past rather than on whether it's a good decision based on now to mm. do this for the future. And similarly, people can do that with investments as well. You'll see people who kind of fall in love with a share who are investing and they don't want to they don't want to sell it because they've made a loss on it. Mm. Because selling it crystallizes that loss and makes it a real loss. Mm. Whereas if they did just sell it, cut that loss and say, oh well that's done they could use that money to purchase something better that would be a better value and would go up (laughs) for them, (laughs) potentially. Mm. So, yeah, there's lots of stuff around investing where that can go very, very wrong as well. And then just in a more workaday example that, I mean, you know, most of us are not investing in individual shares, but as a more workaday example, lots of people spend a lot of time in relationships and jobs that aren't good for us. Mm. And both of those can cost us money.
3: Because this is also, yeah, you know, I did say money spent on something you can't get back at, at the beginning, but, yeah, there's costs that are wider. Yeah. This is one of my things about economics that so I love to bang on about if you catch me down the pub one night, that cost in economics is, is revolves a lot around money when it, well, is talked about like economists are only really thinking about money, but actually there's a much wider cost basis in the economics that I enjoy. And yeah, so, you know, the wider costs in your life, like, Yes, the time, but like emotional costs and, yeah. you know, psychological costs and effort costs and that kind of thing that we've talked about a lot here. And yeah. And you know, relates definitely to relationships and jobs. Yeah. And, and, you know, even to financial pursuits as well. You know, the whole point of this is that we talk about the emotions around money and you can mm. cost
2: yourself a lot more emotion. Yeah. I mean, and I'm I'm thinking about how, I mean, it may not be obvious that a bad relationship can cost you money, but, it you know, a relationship with the wrong person... Mm. Either that person may encourage you to spend money that mm. you don't want to spend or they may be very, very over thrifty and mm. underspending mm. and you don't get to do the things that you want to do. They can be quite controlling re- regarding this. Or worst case scenario, when I've, you know, just been helping a friend out who's been in this situation, you know, you can be in a relationship with somebody who drinks the rent money. <laughs> You know, mm. that's the kind of, I mean, you know, it's pretty much a worst case scenario, but it happens. Mm. And then, you know, you're scrambling all the time to make that back up again. So, yeah, bad relationships are definitely, can be financially very mm. expensive. Mm. But they can also have a more subtle cost that can impact on your finances, like just wearing you down, wearing you down emotionally. So you either sort of overspend trying to pick yourself back up again or you don't have the um, the attention and the effort, but the energy spare to, to put the effort into running your finances the way you'd like to. So everything kind of just falls apart because you haven't got that energy and emotion available to look after your finances as a way of looking after yourself. Mm. That can definitely happen mm. where a relationship is not good and supportive mm. and that is quite costly. And then you can, you can get some similar stuff with bad jobs as well. You know, mm. we, we've mentioned in the past work cultures that can be super costly, where it's a work hard, play hard culture mm. uh, with expectations that you spend a lot of your salary on work socialising.
3: Yeah. And we talked about appearance at work as well, how mm. you can be encouraged to spend too much on, on the look of your job.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And all the stuff I was just saying about, you know, being worn down and stressed out by your work that can cause a lot of overspending and Mm. and that links back to the stuff that we were saying way, way back about ego depletion. Mm. And, you know, if your job is stressing you out to the point where you're ending up overspending because you don't have the emotional wherewithal at the end of the day to avoid that, Mm. you need to think about, you know, what is this job really doing for me? Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Is it a a loss you've just got to cut? (laughs) <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and you know, saying, oh, I've put all this time and energy into reaching this position is not mm. actually the most valuable thing you can do. Because that, that all relates to
3: what in economics is called opportunity cost. Yes. Or a lot of the things you've just run through um, about, you know, where you could put your money instead, where you could put your time and your effort. Mm. Um, opportunity cost is basically... The thing you can't do when you're doing the thing that you don't want to do. (laughs) You can't do two things at once. You can't put your money in two places at once. So if you do make one decision, the opportunity cost is the other that you're not going to pursue. And if you're looking at your sunk cost of like how much are we actually put into this, but your opportunity, you know, there is an opportunity cost to pushing on through, even if you kind of feel like it's not beneficial because there are a lot of other jobs, other relationships, other things you could buy that you could do with that time and effort and, and money. And, you know, that, the whole point of sunk cost is that it's already gone, you can't get it back, but there is other benefit and perhaps a smaller cost somewhere else rather than continuing and, and looking at that.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think the opportunity cost thing also goes along with that sense of, like, unfinished business. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are sticking with something because you kind of can't stand the idea of of stopping because yeah. then that's unfinished business, Yeah, thinking about the opportunity cost can make it feel a lot more worthwhile yeah to just say no no I am stopping this yeah. it is finished because I'm choosing to finish it here mm. because there is something better I could be doing with my time or my money or my energy or mm. whatever it might be same with
3: regret you'd have a regret about oh I just didn't finish that bit of unfinished
2: business but actually look at what you did do instead <laughs> mm. exactly the, the minute you have an instead a lot of this diminishes as well mm. yeah definitely So um, let's have a think about some of the ways that you can spot and avoid sunk cost fallacies. Mm. So I think you need to listen out for the times when you tell yourself, well, I might as well, because that's all too often a sign that I might as well because I've come this far. Mm. I suppose I ought to.
3: Should. Should. Should Oh, old friend should <laughs> should finish something? Yeah. Or
2: if I can just sort out this one thing about it. Yeah. Or if I keep
3: if I keep trying, it'll get better. Yeah. I'll fix it if I just try one more thing.
2: Yeah. And that's not to say that there aren't times when it's worth persevering, and that, mm. that there aren't times when it's worth trying to find out an outcome that works for you. Mm. But also, we do know really when something is yeah pulling us down I mean, mm. it's not really worth it anymore mm. and it's worthwhile asking yourself what's the best case scenario if this does work out how how realistic is that best case scenario mm. so things that you can do ask yourself what would you say to a friend in this situation because sometimes it's very hard to see a sunk cost when it's about you and you're the one in that position but if somebody else is in that position mm. we can spot it and say no no you need to move on mm. So I think asking yourself, what would I say to a friend who's in the situation that I'm in now? That can often be a good way. Or if someone else had made the losses that you've made and they and they recommended the course of action that you were about to take, would you take them up on that? Mm. <laughs> you know, if someone else has made all these, all these various kind of losses or, or spent a lot of time doing something unpleasant or tedious or difficult or whatever, mm. unrewarding in some way, And then they went, come join me. Would you take them up on that? Mm. (laughs) Probably not. Mm. And then the last one is, yeah, absolutely, opportunity cost. What else could you be doing with this money, this time, this energy, whatever Mm. it might be? Think about, you know, give yourself an alternative and the thing that you're doing right now feels much less valuable. Mm. And then finally, take an active decision. The business is not unfinished. You are choosing to finish it now. And then it won't hang over your head so much.
3: Mm. And don't forget, you can give up on books. You've been listening to Squanderlust, a podcast about the emotional side of money. Your hosts were Martha Lawton and Alex Lemon. You can find us online at squanderlustpod.com, where we'll put links to show notes, books and articles we mention, and other interesting things. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover or you have a story to
2: tell about something you've heard here, get in touch through the website if you enjoyed squanderlust subscribe to us on apple podcasts or google podcasts and rate us too the more stars you give the happier we get and don't forget to tell your friends about us squanderlust is sponsored by wardour studios in fitzrovia london with production by david smith charlie brandon king and alicia cunningham our theme music is by wardour studios and graphic design by jason reed thanks for listening
1: Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50